0: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is
1: your host, Dr. Don Graham.
2: Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM. Channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are live taking your calls all hour long. So get in queue 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. Also, a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we have an all female cast in studio,
1: Michelle
2: and Danielle. Hi. That's right. Uh, we're yeah, all hanging out. Yeah, well, get ready for that pre-break quiz. You know, it's coming to you first, Danielle.
1: The pressure is on. I
2: know the pressure is on. We and we're missing Dion today, which is which is a bummer because today on Career Talk music. We are featuring his song. Many of you know Dion's a drummer and so we'll we'll get to that in a little bit but he he... said he was listening, I told him he could call in. Oh he should definitely call in. Yeah. Because we're very excited about playing his music on air. And there's a music video by the way, random acts of Soul Go Hard. I didn't even know. It's a great video. It's a great video. Like we're not even there yet. and it's, it's the Dion show. Dion, where are you? <laughs> Give us a call, 844-942-7866. So very excited today to welcome Paul Carney in studio right here in very, very cold Philadelphia. Paul is a senior vice president and director of human resources for Carter Bank and Trust and the author of the book, Move Your Ash. <laughs> Say <Ash. it> carefully. <laughs> I am. This is a PG thirteen show. Move your ash. No grow and show your career value. In addition, he has had a variety of senior human resource and leadership roles. He has been a speaker. He's done HR boot camps. He has done it all. So if you've always wanted to talk to an HR leader and you want to know how to no-grow and show your career in 2019. You can give us a call right now at 844-942-7866. Welcome to Career Talk, Paul.
3: Thank you, Don. It's awesome to be here.
2: Yeah, we're so excited to have you in studio. So we have to kind of start with this move your ash because you know you're going to have to explain what that is specifically.
3: Sure. So uh, back a couple of years ago, I was scheduled to speak at a couple of tech conferences and I was talking with the techies about how they need to be aware that Automation was going to replace their job and make sure they stayed aware of it and stayed on top of it. And so I did these things and started to come up with the aptitude and attitude, and they needed uh, emotional intelligence and empathy. And then a lot of A&Es came out. So I looked for a symbol. These are techies. They need a symbol. And that's when I looked around. I didn't want to create one. And I found the AE, the old AE symbol. It's uh, You'd see it in encyclopedia or Caesar, not really used too much anymore. And it's called an ASH. And I said, oh, what a perfect letter, and it's called an ash. And so at the end of the discussions, at the end of the presentations, I had a slide that had on the left a growth chart, and on the right and it said, or, and a guy chasing a train down a track, and it said, move your ash or be left behind. And people loved it so much. So that's how the title of the book came along, as I started to say, well, I can put this into a book and help people understand how to do it.
2: And here it is. And today on Career Talk, we are going to talk about how to move your ash for 2019 so if you are thinking this is your year to make a career change or you're stuck in a rut you know, or maybe you just want some ideas on how you can grow your skills or maybe you are worried that automation is going to take your career you are listening on the right day because Paul Kearney is here to share his expert tips with you all hour long at 844 Wharton 844 so let's talk about the kind of state of hiring today you know what's working what's not uh, as you see it Paul
3: the biggest issue I see out there uh, on both sides of it, being the HR professional on one side and having watched some folks and coached people through trying to find jobs, is the disconnect between the real value. It's all down to value. It's down to the value the employer's looking for, which they put out job descriptions and postings that they try to describe the value they're looking for. And then on the other side, you've got the employee who's got this phenomenal work history, everything about them. And that's the thing, too, is there's so much about them that's hard to put down into a piece of paper called a resume. Even your LinkedIn profile, it's hard to put it all out there. So when you're applying for a job or job the employers are looking for people – it's how to connect that value. And that's the biggest issue we've got out there today from both sides. Uh, it's not easy for either side to find that value.
2: Yeah, you have a quote in your book that I love. If you cannot quantify your value, how do you expect others to do it? And I've you know, i worked with a lot of people who say, well, my job isn't measured like in sales or other things, so I don't know how to quantify my job. And, and, and that's a problem because, like you just said, Paul, We have to be able to do this and not only do it, but do it concisely because people have very short attention spans today. So if you don't catch their attention right away, They're on to the next person. So how can people who are perhaps in careers that, that are not automatically quantified, like sales or other, other things that are measurable, how can they demonstrate their value?
3: So there's two parts. Of it. Yeah, there's both the quantification and the qualification. So quantify and qualify the things you do, which is what I came up with. The concept of the ASH is that entire thing. So when you look at it, look beyond, You look at your work tasks. So everyone has tasks they do, and it really needs to go beyond tasks because automated sh- Automation can do tasks a lot quicker than than you probably can, but you have to look beyond those things and say, what is your aptitude? What is your attitude? What are your successes? What are your failures? That's a powerful one. And when I'm speaking, I ask people in the audience, who would put a failure on their resume or bring one up directly in an interview and nobody raises their hands. But then I explain to them saying, well, if a company is looking to get past something and... They don't want to experience the failure you've seen. Describing that failure and what you learned from it and how you move forward, that's a powerful thing to put out there. And, but you have to have the confidence that says, I learned something from there. So when it comes back to what can people do, it's really look at the experiences they have and think, what did I get out of that? What did I learn out of that? And document it. Put it down in writing and say, wow, I didn't realize that we should do this this way. And then keep track of that. And over time, you realize there's a lot of value you add. You're just not keeping track of it.
2: Mm -hmm. 844-942-7866. Hey, if you're looking to revamp your resume, LinkedIn, or you're going on an interview and you're not sure... How to quantify or qualify your value in an interview or on these documents, which is so important, regardless of what job you have in an organization or in a company, you can give us a call and we will help you do that on air. Trust us, it's it's not intimidating at all. 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. And we are here with Paul Carney, who is the author of Move Your Ash, No Grim grow and show your career value. eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So I want to kind of harp on this, Paul, because I think it's so important. You know, I've interviewed a lot of people. You've interviewed a lot of people. You've looked at you know, tens of thousands of resumes and LinkedIn and all of this stuff, and and I think're we're, we're still seeing words like results-oriented or, or you know strategic," and, and words that you know unfortunately have lost their mojo because everybody's using them and and they're not quantifying anything. so So if somebody's looking to, to kind of take that, how do you show that? How do you show your results oriented in a, in a concise way?
3: Well, the first thing I'll say is anytime someone's looking for a job and they're looking at a job description right there at the top, those top three things that someone's listed as the requirements or, or qualifications, those are the things that you need to hone in on. There's a lot of other stuff below, but really it's those top three things. And you, what you've got to do is think about your experiences, knowledge, what you've done, skills, education you've had, anything related to that and tell the story. That's the other part about it, too, is you've really got to craft that quick story that says, I'm able to help you do X because I've done Y. And that's where if people can get better at understanding when someone's saying, I need this type of person or this type of skills or ability, how you can take some things you've done. And it's difficult, you know, from writing switchers that sometimes you have to take something you've done in another industry or business and apply it to something similar. And, and analogies are great when you can say, this is similar to that, and I've done that. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. It's just getting people to th- into that mindset, getting yeah. them to think that way.
2: I like that you use the word stories, Paul, because I think that's the way we're moving into these career stories. So no longer do you need to put every single thing you've done. This is not a historical account. This is not you know everything you've done in your life. What it is is looking at all of your skills, the value you bring from different places, whether it's paid work, volunteer work, school, and putting that into a concise story that is logical, compelling, and relates to your audience so that people can see how you're going to come in and get results for that organization or support the mission. And I think we're just, we're, we've not shifted to thinking that way yet. We're, we're still kind of in that mindset of like, oh, every bullet, every project, I have to kind of put that on my resume. But what you're doing, in essence, is diluting The strength that they would see if you got rid of some of the stuff that that maybe isn't relevant to where you're going.
3: You are so right. And there's a great way to do this is find each one of us has at least two or three people in our lives, whether it's personal, professional. Professional is really good, but even personal. Sit them down and say, be honest with me. If someone were to ask you about me, what would you tell them? And that should give you, because there's your brand, there's what's being promoted out there, because if you're best friends and them, they're the ones who know you best, this is the information that you can then take and craft your story around that, because that clearly is how you're being put out there.
2: Should we test that? Should we ask? I
3: think we should.
2: So, yeah. So, should I ask Michelle? Michelle, what do you know about me? <laughs> I'm putting her on this oh spot. my god, I know so much. Yeah. I mean, where actually, do I stop? Forget it, forget it. Michelle actually knows too much. So I let's... know
1: one piece of feedback one one well, I shouldn't say feedback, one note I would say, which is what everyone said to you when you did this, which is you like a lot of feedback. I do like a lot of feedback. A lot of feedback. I Constant do. feedback. Yeah,
2: and and critical. The more critical the better. More yeah, critical. she's like, tell me what I did wrong. Tell me how I could do better. Tell me how I could improve. I do. See,
3: you were focusing on right. What were the the things those those failures that I can learn from and stuff? And, and but people have a hard time with that. I mean, they really have a hard time focusing on that because we've kind of taught people to. Just focus on the strengths and forget the failures. But really, it's it's you got to focus on those two. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think you know, asking for feedback, maybe I do it to a fault. I think I do. (laughs) I think that came back in my three sixty. Like like, you really have to do a three sixty every month, Don? No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I do think that people are not often giving feedback at work because it's uncomfortable to do it. It's uncomfortable to say, hey, Paul, you know, hey, I have an idea for how you can do something differently. I mean, it is. It's uncomfortable.
3: And, and one of the things, too, that I get from a lot of people is is a humility where they're like, well, but that was my job. I was supposed to do it. They downplay some of the really mm-hmm. important and powerful things they did. And even just being in a meeting where someone came up with an idea, you had some additional information, you bounced another thought off, and then suddenly that idea grew into a larger idea that 's power that is that's and those are the types of things you have to say these are what i 'm capable of doing, and start talking about that and when we talk about stories it 's great that you can talk about it, although sometimes the humbleness, the humility will come out and say, Oh, this person's just bragging too much." it's really to help get other people to tell that story and that's back to the point of what are people thinking about you because that's the story being told about you
2: mm-hmm. and yeah. how
3: you craft that and build that, that personal brand.
2: I love that and I, I you, you reminded me of a lot of people are you know we've kind of two sides of the spectrum oh, I don't want to brag but you also can't be too humble because if you're too mm-hmm. humble the guy you know behind you won't be and they're going to get the job. Exactly. So, so I love asking people when they're kind of trying to think about accomplishments I'm like what would happen if you didn't show up at work tomorrow and you know the day day after and the day after and then you start to think about all the things that would fall apart or fall through or not get done and then all of a sudden you start to realize like wow i actually do a lot but like you said paul it's very easy to forget when we do it well or we do it you know day in and day out. And and so I love that you bring that up. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM, channel one hundred thirty two, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Paul Carney, who is the senior VP and Director of Human Resources for Carter Bank and Trust and the author of Move Your Ash, Know Grow and Show Your Career Value. If you'd like to give us a call, we are here all hour long. If it's Thursday noon Eastern 844 Wharton. 844-942-7866. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, and we're going to go to Michael in DC. Welcome to Career Talk, Michael. What's on your mind today?
4: Hi. Um, I was uh, actually I guess some uh, opinions, thoughts. Um, so I've been working for myself um, since I guess nineteen ninety seven. So quite a little while now. Um, I've, I'm a independent contractor. I, I do uh, like sign work and things like that. So I, I drive all around the place just doing my job and I've always kind of worked by myself and um, do well with it. But I am sick of it. <laughs> I just wrote a check a few months ago for $114,000 to the IRS and just all kinds of, you know, the administration and all the things that kind of go along with having your own business. Um, so I'm thinking about getting a job and i'm 45 years old and uh you know it's kind of a, a scary prospect i guess to think well i need to uh you know i don't need to but i'm i'd like to get a job and i you know i make six figures low six figures and so it's hard to replace what i do but i just wanted to get some insight from uh you know you yeah guys. I, I listen to you
2: thanks michael I appreciate that um, why why do you want to get back like into corporate like I, I'm just curious I know you said you hate what you're doing um, but I'm wondering how that translates in moving into corporate that's the piece I'm missing so so what do you hate about what you're doing and what do you think would be fixed going to corporate
4: well uh, one of the main things is that what I do is a lot of times quite physical um, and as I get older I you know I go home with aches and pains and all these things, um, that is one of the major considerations is that as I get older, I'm not actually going to be physically able to, you know, climb up 80 feet in the course of a day and, and stuff like that. Um, so that is one of, the, one of the main drivers of it. Another one is honestly, um, uh, I don't even remember what they call like withholdings, <laughs> just employee, employer withholding. Um, because when you're self-employed, you have to write a check every three months
1: to
2: the IRS. I hear you. um, I hear you, Michael.
4: Everybody that's got withholdings, if they actually look at it and think about it, that's their number one biggest bill in your life is your taxes. And and I I have to face that head on every couple of months and it just drives me insane
2: so yeah um, so corporate doesn't solve the taxes issue it does solve the self-employment tax issue but that aside um that that's helpful so you, you're kind of thinking about your future and you know am I going to be able to do this and um Paul what is your advice for Michael right now 45 self-employed sick of it Wants to do something else.
3: So I can say I have been my own boss before, too. I've worked in corporate, been my own boss, back in corporate again. And and it's actually what I find exhilarating is being both. I actually like doing both, and I still do both. I've had a company for 20 years where I do outside work on my own and uh, write the book and do the boot camps. Those things are all on my own plus doing the corporate side. So as you said, Don, though, the, yeah, on the corporate side, every employee is very expensive because we pay all those taxes too. But what I would say to him is is really just focus on it's back to that value equation. So going back into the workplace, great if you want to do it, but you've got to be able to figure out what value you're going to offer to somebody. Uh, what is the experience? What is the set of information that you hold that you can compete with other people against and get back into there. So I guess the, the biggest question too is, is what do you want to do? I mean, with that experience he's had, uh, just trying to think about where, what types of jobs do you, are you looking for and hone in on those jobs, hone in on what is expected and needed for that job.
2: Yeah, I totally agree, Paul. And I'm also going to say, Michael, um, so, so Paul addressed the, what do you have to offer? But I'm going to go back to what do they have to offer you? Because. I see where you're going. I see where you're saying, like, okay, this this is not sustainable. There's things about it I don't like, but we haven't yet discovered if there's if there's something in corporate that is sustainable or that there's things there you might like. So my first question is, and and Paul, I think you might have been alluding to, like, uh, the idea of a portfolio career. Is there an opportunity to to maybe pare down your business or maybe hire somebody to do the the heavy lifting? No pun intended. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, do something part time somewhere else or I mean, it seems like you're doing well. And if it's the part of it, uh, you know, maybe you hire someone to do the the administrative work. If you hate doing that, I mean, you still have to pay the taxes, but maybe someone else can write the check and it won't feel as bad. Um, So so I want you to really think about what you want. Because working for yourself, there's a lot of great things about it. There's a lot of drawbacks about it. But working for corporate, I would say they're different, but they also have a lot of great things and a lot of bad things. I mean, you're going to work for somebody who's going to tell you what to do. How's that going to feel? You're going to have to show up at a certain time. How's that going to feel? You're going to have to, you know, abide by by different you know, dress code or other things that you've not had to do. And so what I want you to do is take a step back. And, and we always talk about, and Paul and I talked about this earlier um, off air, but you always want to run to, not run from. And right now, you're you're at a I think this is perfect. You're 45, you're assessing, what is my future going to look like? And I think you have to do that. We all have to plan. But I want you to start with what 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 do I not like about where I am and can it be fixed or can it we have a creative option before just running the corporate.
3: Actually, perfect idea and that whole running to and running from exactly so make sure you know what you're running to and the reasons you're running from something doesn't mean you can't do it but you're right absolutely and I love the idea of hiring someone to come in and help out with it I would even dare say if you can find someone uh, a bit younger in Spryer that can do some of that stuff give them a piece of the company find a way to give them an incentive to want to be a part of this and help you grow it and before you know it you could have a team of people doing business and then you're still running the business and helping as you said having accountants handle the, the process Processing for you, but really be proud in something you're growing.
2: Mm-hmm. Michael, what are you thinking as we're we're sitting here talking?
4: I am thinking, man, I, I couldn't have paid somebody for <laughs> for just a few minutes because honestly, everybody I know kind of works for the government. You know what I mean? So I don't really have any chance to uh, to get any of this kind of feedback. And I love the running to and uh, versus running from because absolutely, I. I've, as, as you're saying it, I'm realizing I'm in a running from situation and, and really what I should probably do and I think would be a better option is what you're saying, is work on trying to grow the business so that I have, you know, something, uh, sort of a legacy to pass on. And I love the idea of, of uh, getting somebody involved that sort of the, the – giving them a piece of the, as a partner kind of thing. Um, rather than just a, um, you know, hourly, low-paid low, low paid hourly, which I tend to lose. Um, once you train them how to do it, they, they realize that there's pretty good money in it and go out and start doing it themselves. Um, but, uh, no, I really appreciate uh, everything that you said, and I think that what I'm going to do is uh, really sit down and, and figure out, um, you know, what I can do differently in the business and um, potentially, you know, go look – at, at some related industries and try to potentially get a, um, a position within one um, in a part-time basis and sort of, yeah, uh, you know, straddle the line there a little bit and see which uh, which option is best.
2: Yeah, that's but awesome, I, I Michael. I truly
4: appreciate it.
3: And there's some, I'll tell you, Michael, too, there's a couple of great resources. Your Small Business Administration in your local area is a great resource to help you figure those things out. In fact, there's a group called SCORE that is the mentors who are business people that just love to help people like you figure out some of those little nuances of, of how to keep your business going and growing it. So For free? Yes, for free. For free. Absolutely.
4: Okay, well, thank you. I, You know, I, this is one of these things I, I sort of, fell into and um and it's been doing so long that I, I have never really even looked into small business administration because I never really needed them for anything um, as far as I knew <laughs> um, I, I thought they did loans and things like that so really great I'm glad you guys have this uh channel on on xm it's uh it's really nice to um you know divert from politics or, or uh Grateful Dead for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> And I do have to say that I am currently on my way home from a thousand dollar job, and I don't think you could beat that in the corporate world at, at all. Because I I'm going to be home by one o'clock and done better than a lot of people do all week. So yeah, I have to take that into consideration as well. I think there's going to be
2: people calling later in the show, Michael, or like, hey, can I get that guy's get that number because guy- <laughs> I want I want his I want his life. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us a call, Michael, and for tuning in. This is why we're here. This is why we do this show every week, because we want to help people think of new ideas or different ways that they can be happier in their career and not run from, but run to something that's exciting. And um, Michael, we wish you all the best. And if you've got a question... Give us a call at 844 Warden, 844 942 7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Paul Carney, who is the author of the book, Move Your Ash, No Grow, and Show Your Career Value. I like saying that, Paul. I do.
3: <laughs> it flows, doesn't yeah,
2: it? Yeah, it does. Where, where can people learn more about you, Paul?
3: Well, oh. I am on, I have a website called Paul Carney Works, W O R K S dot com. Uh, and at Paul Carney works in Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. That's I tried to brand something that's out there on all different places, so it's not too confusing.
2: Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So if you've been listening for the month of January, you know we have been doing career talk music all month long. And if you've missed it, we've had. All types of genres on air. We've had bluegrass, reggae, fusion. Today we're going to have a little bit of soul from our very own Dion Simpkins and his band Random Acts of Soul. But before we go to that, and we're very sad Dion's not here, but Dion, if you're listening, you got to give us a call because, you know, we are... We are waiting to hear from you. 844-942-7866. Not that you don't know the number, but just <laughs> in case. So we're going to hear Dion's song, Go Hard, after the break. But right now, we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz?
0: There's a Quiz?
2: Okay. The average American will throw away over 300 of these in their lifetime. The average American will throw away over 300 of these in their lifetime. If you think you know, give us a call at 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132, and we will be right back.
0: I'm about to go.
2: Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We're here on Business Radio, Channel 132. Hey, that was Dion, our own Dion, closing out this month with a fantastic song called Go Hard from his band Random Acts of Soul, where Dion plays the drums and his beautiful fiance, Jaton does lead vocals. You can find that video on YouTube. It's called Go Hard, and the website is Jaton.com. J A T U N dot com, and you can also find them on Instagram. Random acts of soul. Hey, I think we got Dion on the line. Dion, no, <laughs> You know what's great about this? Oh, is that is that? Do we have Jitun and oh, Dion? we have both on of line. you yeah. on. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I know you're both in in Chicago, and it's very cold there.
0: It is colder than Antarctica.
2: Yes. Yes. I yeah. literally...
4: We're, we're, we're up to minor
2: That's... Well, I hope you're inside. Um, and we're very yes. excited to play your song. And I, the video is amazing. So, you know, I hope everybody listening will go watch it. But the, the great thing about having you guys on is that now I can do the pre-break quiz. <laughs> <laughs> and, Dia now you have a little bit of help from, from your fiancé, so... You know, that's technically, that's technically not allowed, but, but we'll, we'll go with it.
1: Dion, you better not steal my answer.
4: (laughs) Are you? I mean, I kind of stole her answer, so that's what I'm going with. I don't know how helpful it'll be.
2: All right. (laughs) All right. Well, the average American will throw away over, oh, there's the music. The average American will throw away over 300 of these in their lifetime. Dion and Jatum, what do you think?
4: I'm going to say pennies.
2: What are you saying? Pennies. Pennies. In their penny. lifetime. Pennies. Throwing away pennies.
4: I, I, I mean, personally, I thought it was kind of low, but that was that was the answer. So I'm seeing, seeing thinking.
0: I, my thought process is if you're like sweeping up stuff and it's all dusty and then you see a penny in there and you're like, ah, it's okay. I'll let it go. I feel like that might happen three hundred times.
2: Yeah, and in life. And you know, from listening to the show a ton, that that probably is a correct answer. It's just not the answer that I'm looking for. You know, my quizzes have multiple correct answers, and and so that's that's the fun for me is that I get to pick the right one. Um, that but, but that is not what I have on my paper. I do not change it. That is not what I. Have.
4: Not. What would it? Be?
2: All right. Well, well, you guys stay warm there in Chicago. Um, fantastic song from, from your band, Random Acts of Souls. So I hope everyone will go check it out on Instagram and YouTube. And uh, safe travels back to Philadelphia. All right. Thank 844. You, you so Bye, guys. 844-942-7866. Hey, Danielle, we're coming to you. Okay, I'm ready. And I was kind of hoping Dion would still be on the line for this. But... I was thinking in in Dion's stead, pants, because I feel like
1: Dion has said pants before in situations where the quiz answer is not pants, but I feel like I've definitely thrown out a lot of pants in my day.
2: 300 pants?
1: I don't know. Maybe, (laughs) you know, from when I was little until now.
2: I believe that about Michelle. I've gone through her closet, and she has like four hundred pairs of white pants. I knew it was coming. I know. I'm just sorry. If you were going to say it, I was going to say it. I just like I don't see how any one person can have that many pairs of white pants. Like
1: one, (laughs) like one color.
2: White pants?
1: Yeah. You live in L. A. for a while, and you get a lot of white pants. It's just the way it goes. So yeah,
2: we didn't throw away quite three hundred,
1: but I did make her get rid of a lot of them. (laughs) So no, no. Mm. Okay, fine. (laughs) Michelle. I'm pretty sure my answer is wrong. It seems too high, actually, but I'm going to guess keys. Ooh, keys. That means it's the wrong answer. It is the wrong answer, (laughs) but I like
2: this. This is kind of one of those questions that's sort of all over the place. We got pants, we got pennies, we got keys. You know, none of them are right. Um, Here's a hint. I mean, Paul's going to get a hint because, you know, he's the guest. Not fair. Yeah, what? (laughs) I know, it's not fair. But he he flew, okay, let's be fair. He flew all the way from North Carolina to be in studio today. That's true. With this weather. Where it's much warmer than it is in Philly. We love Paul for that. So here's your hint, Paul. It's something you
1: use every day.
3: Oh, that actually helps because I was going practical and I thought about a pen, a writing instrument.
1: Mm. Good answer. Because you
3: know, if you think about it, use it, every couple of years one wears out, and after thirty, you know, three hundred, that's I guess that's a lot of years, A lot of pens, though, huh? Mm-hmm. I guess you'd have to live a long time.
2: So that is not the answer, but it is plastic. Mm. Oh, it is plastic. The answer is toothbrushes. Ah toothbrushes. And, and this is kind of my PSA for today because over a billion toothbrushes end up in landfills every year in North America. That's just North America. Plastic toothbrushes take over 400 years to decompose. So the answer is... Bamboo toothbrushes We all need to go out and get bamboo toothbrushes um, And I read this in an article Called 7 Ways Your Plastic Toothbrush Is Evil This is what I do in my spare time I was <laughs> like that looks like an interesting article But here's here's my question for you guys People think this is weird I put my, my toothbrush in the dishwasher Every time I run the dishwasher Does anyone else do that?
0: No Wait, Wait a second no.
1: What?
2: I don't understand why that's weird Would you like use a fork for like 3 months And never
1: wash it? But you put your you put your toothbrush with the dishes that have like strange things on them and then it's just being sloshed around in this dishwasher with my forks which I also put in my mouth. <laughs> I, don't like wow. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't wash So then it's like if it gets food in there from the dishwasher it's just going to sit there. Oh, gross. Don. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> You're gross for being clean. Okay, you're gross for never washing your toothbrush <laughs> and sticking in your mouth every day. I'm just am damaging the planet and throwing it away, unfortunately. Well, my toothbrush lasts longer because it goes in the dishwasher and it gets cleaned. That is amazing. I've never heard that before that in my different.
3: life. That is different, yeah. I really? can see the concept behind it.
2: but It, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right, if anybody's listening and does this, can you I'm going to be
1: asking everyone I know
2: if this happens. <laughs> this is so strange. Okay, maybe you don't do it, but you can see the logic in it. If, if that's the case, just call us 844 warton 844 942 786. Or maybe you don't do it, but now you're going to do it because it totally makes sense. 844 942 7866. We're here with Paul Carney talking about his book, Move Your Ash and tell us about visioning concept Paul because I know a lot of people are thinking about you know like Michael who called earlier I don't you know I don't want to do what I'm doing but I don't know even how to start thinking about the future.
3: Sure. So the concept of visioning, and it's funny, I had, I had been doing this most of my life, just never really understood it until I started to really think about it more and got some clarification from some people who helped me understand I was doing it. Then I was like, wow, that's what I'm doing. And that is when you want to get to something, you set a vision ahead to say, this is where I want to be. And then back yourself up to how to get there. It's a lot easier to do that than it is to actually set a path. It's like, if you're going on a trip, if you just start driving, it's a lot harder to get to where you want to go when, if you set a destination and come backwards and say, how oh, i am going to get there? One of the powerful ways to do this, a very concrete, very simple way to start this, is to look around you and find someone that you admire, find someone that's in a position that you kind of want to replicate, you want to be in that same position. Talk to them, find out some of the things they did, and just set that as a basic vision. Just, just a, it, they don't have to be out there. It's not a 10-year career path. It's just even a shorter, could be a couple of years, you're going to get yourself there. Find out what they did to get to a certain position or hold a certification or whatever it is they have, and then set your path. Use that as a very concrete example to say, I can do that.
2: Yes, to start with the end in mind. Correct. Um, And I like what you said about the idea. Like Right now, you can't really plan 10 years out.
3: No, absolutely not. It's
2: very difficult. If
3: anyone asked me 10 years, I'm an IT guy. I'm an entrepreneur, IT guy by trade. That's what I did for 20 years. If you had asked me 10 years ago that I would be sitting here being a senior vice president of HR, knowing HR, being certified in HR, I would have said you're certifiable. Because (laughs) it's just not, what are you talking about? Why would I do that? But I found my way through some upskilling, really, into hr discovered hr needed a lot of help it needed to bring business people into it and that's what just drove my passion now for for helping hr build hr organizations
2: yeah. And one of the things I love about, you know, we talk about this idea, your vision and concept about going backwards, you know, you can look on LinkedIn at people who are working in jobs where you want to be and you could see where they were in Absolutely. the past. Yep. I mean, you could, you could even search by that. You can search by past companies. You can search in a lot of different ways. And so there's so much information out there today where you can see these paths. Like it's, it's not even a mystery anymore.
3: Exactly. And, and don't be afraid to ask. That's another thing too. people are like, well, I don't want to bug them They're No, go ahead and ask them. People love to talk tell you about themselves, first of all, but second of all, if you ask some very specific questions about, I see you do this, how'd you get there, any ideas and thoughts on how I can get there? And they will tell you, if you, again, you're just looking for some quick tidbits, it gives you information that you can then use to move forward.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, if they don't get back to you, they don't get back to you. Correct. What do you have to lose? I always say, let's play this out. You you don't reach out, what do you get? Nothing. Okay. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, you do reach out, they don't get back to you. Okay, you get nothing, but at least you put a shot out there. Correct. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. We are here with Paul Carney, who is the author of the new book, Move Your Ash, No Grow, and Show your career value if you haven't gotten this yet run out and get your copy because you are going to want to know these things for 2019 and beyond hey we're going to go to the phones right now with robert in texas welcome to career talk what's on your mind today robert
0: i was calling in about the toothbrush
2: comment and i'm so happy you are Uh oh
3: wait a minute let's see what he says though first (laughs)
4: okay what i do is is is, uh and i learned this from a from a physician talking about when you get colds and when you get sick you put your toothbrush in the freezer and it kills all the germs
2: interesting how long does it have to be in the freezer
4: just overnight i just put mine in overnight just long enough for it to freeze and the cold kills all the germs and that way you don't have to worry (laughs) about food particles all inside your toothbrush
2: Okay, but that's never reactions. happened. <laughs> okay, this has never happened. The dishwasher gets hot and it blows things around. Like I, my plates don't come out with food particles. Neither does yeah, my but toothbrush. It's not a
0: brush, and the bristles and all down in there. I, I
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here I'm thinking I'm doing I'm doing a good thing. All right. The freezer. But at least you're doing something, Robert. At least at least you and I are thinking about this. And I think that's what's important. And it helps
0: when, you know, a lot of people don't think about
4: it. But when you get a cold or when you get sick, you pick that toothbrush right back up and you put those same germs right back in your mouth. Your body has to start fighting it all over again.
2: Yep. Yep. See. Great for
4: kids also
2: yeah i mean and the the other thing you could do is keep throwing your toothbrush out but now we're just talking about the landfills and that's not a good idea either so there are other strategies and i think that's all i was saying on the air so robert <laughs> thank you so much for calling and supporting me on this uh, i love your idea too so hey just take care of your toothbrush people that's all we're saying 844 wharton 844 bob in pennsylvania what's on your mind today
4: Hi Don, it's Bob. Um
2: Oh, hi Bob. I,
4: uh, I I I do put my toothbrush in the in the dishwasher See? so there's two of us. See, I and knew I could I count got, on Bob. There you go. And you have to tell me where in the hell I find bamboo toothbrushes so I'll be my next trip to whatever store it is. <laughs> and on top of that, I wanted to thank Paul cuz as a recruiter, uh, um um you know, sometimes I even forget about that. We're just worried about uh the person lining up with the job but the uh, you know as a recruiter it really is about value and having a candidate show their value to the employer that's what it's all about really well and bob I want to thank him just for bringing it up
2: yeah and Thank you for for listening to the show, but thank you even more so for taking the time to call in and support the fact that I'm not crazy. <laughs>
3: well, I didn't hear I'm him say that. that. <laughs> you and
0: I are doing the same thing. We both may be crazy. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: okay, well, that's all the time we have for you, Bob. <laughs> You stay warm Thank out you there. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, <laughs> Bob. Thanks, Bob. 844- oh, you're Welcome, Paul. Bye, Bob. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM channel one thirty two. So I love this idea of the visioning concept. Um, you also talk about new collar jobs in your book. What are these, Paul?
3: So that's a phrase that actually IBM was the one who kind of came up with this concept of it's between the blue collar and the white collar jobs. It's this new collar jobs. And IBM was one of the first ones that actually led the effort. And and a few organizations like Microsoft and others are following now, which is they're not necessarily requiring a four year degree. Uh, a college degree for a job now of course college instit- institutions and sitting on the campus here of one uh, may say well what about that but it's not every job and they're just talking about there are specific roles that they can fulfill without that and so the new collar concept really just wraps around sort of the concept of back to skills abilities aptitude attitude it's about a lot more than just uh, knowledge and experience There's so much more to the people. And and you can have all the skills. You can have experience. But honestly, if you can't work on a team, most organizations either aren't going to hire you or if they do hire you and you're not part of a team effort, they're not going to keep you around long enough because they need you to be collaborative. You need Mm -hmm. to be problem solver. You need to be a critical thinker. Those things all come along with the skill set. So it's it's not just having knowledge and getting a degree or getting certified. They want to see that you can actually work with people and add value to what other people are doing.
2: Yeah, we did a whole show on kind of where the four year degree is going with everything a right. few weeks ago, um, and and it is really interesting how this is is shifting. Um, and one of the other things I love you you kind of talk about in your book is emotional intelligence, and you talk about some things that just aren't taught in schools. And and this is a big one, and I think that's kind of what is the umbrella over what you're just talking about now.
3: Exactly, and that really is getting back to you know a lot of the stuff we do. I've done before is assessments of of personality, so you get your personality style. And You learn how your style is different from others, but the emotional intelligence, the most powerful thing about that is, is it's got the usually 15 or so factors, but it's something you can move. Unlike changing your personality, you can flex your personality to to do different things differently. But really, your personality is your personality. But with emotional intelligence, you can grow it. You can learn. You can develop. You can understand. And back to what emotional intelligence is. Everyone thinks it's about being too emotional. and It's really not. It's actually about how to manage your emotions when you're reacting to situations, sort of that take that breath, take that step back. But it's also how to do things to manage other people's emotions. And the biggest example there is if you know there's certain hot buttons to push on people, don't do it. Because if you're just going to get them upset and they're not going to be able to work with you collaboratively, it's back to that collaborative, uh, critical thinking and problem solving. You're not going to solve problems together if you're sitting there pushing someone's buttons and they're getting upset. So it's how you learn to, to get the information or, or work together without upsetting everybody so that you're just sitting there not getting anything accomplished, kind of like we've seen lately in, in our world.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and I was going to bring up politics, not, not government politics, but just politics in organizations. Because Correct. I think what we know, despite the data, despite, you know, the logic and all this, this you know, other information we have access to nowadays, a lot of decisions are made politically by who who likes you, who associates with you, what your brand is. And, you know, people who are not ready and don't have this, like, Emotional intelligent side to them are not you know they're not able to work within that and that can really make or break you depending on the culture of the organization.
3: Absolutely, and unfortunately, politics. If you break the word down, is right people working with people. It's 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 got a bad connotation because of governmental politics, but really internally, right? You're in successful organizations, learning how to navigate the political landscape, learning how to build consensus, learning how to get people on your side or convince them of an idea. That's how you be that's how you're successful. That's mm-hmm. you have to learn how to do that build a strong network of people who understand what you're trying to accomplish, who can kind of coincide with what you're doing. There's how you get success.
2: So really quickly, how do you learn that? I mean, Because that's not something that you could just go out and study or memorize.
3: So uh, for me, the biggest thing is, and again, it's something I had internally and had always done, just never realized I was doing it until I was taught this is what you're actually doing. And it really is to be aware of it. So first of all, you've got you've to expose yourself to situations where you become aware that this thing even exists, that emotional intelligence exists and you kind of study it. But then second thing is, is to look around you watch someone who's really successful and watch how you know you say that you watch that one person you've seen that seems to be able to work their way up the organization or do things those are the people ask them about what's going on and ask them how they got there and it really is they've built relationships that help them move beyond
2: 844 mm-hmm. 942 we're here with paul carney and we're going to go to mona in arizona welcome to career talk mona hey mona
0: First of all, I wanted to say, and you're going to flip when you hear this, but I recycle my toothbrushes. Awesome. I really do. Good for you. That's, yeah. that's one less in the, the
2: billion in the landfill. So good for you, Mona. Happy to hear that.
0: After we're done with the toothbrush uh, cycle, useful life, I boil them and I use them for cleaning. Fantastic, like all plastic We, want,
2: we should not be, be using it if we can avoid it But if you are, recycle it, use it again multi-purpose. I love that PSA from yeah. Career Talk today <laughs> What's on your mind today, Mona?
0: Well, you guys are reading my mind today So I think we're on to something here Before, When I was dining, um, the, um the speaker just touched base on emotional intelligence And I was actually going to ask about that, but then as I heard um, what he was saying, then I started thinking. Well, I know everybody talks about emotional emotional intelligence, and everybody. um, I was recently on a workshop about professionalism, and the HR consultant that was there said, "Well, people just need to work on their emotional intelligence." I'm like, what, what, did you go to the store and pick up a jar and, like, drink it every day as, like, a vitamin? <laughs> I love that. that would so make it easy. And then all of a sudden you're like Einstein of emotional intelligence. How do you really develop that? And I know you said, you know, you touch base on building the relationships, see what works, but as you're building those relationships, obviously you're dealing with people, and things are going to happen where, you know, you looked at me funny. I didn't like the way that sounded. How do you, you know, how do you go about patching those those things that you know unintentionally? You might not be aware of that, that upset someone. Yeah, really and good anyway, question, Mona.
2: We want to we want to clarify this. So, yeah, let's let's dig into this a little bit more deeply, Paul, um, because I think we know, one, it's so important. There's so much research out there on emotional intelligence and how it affects your promotions. You know you, how you are viewed as a leader, how you're you, you know, do you get jobs? Do you right. do you get opportunities? Um, so so specifically per Mona's question. What are some of the things like that are tangible that we can do tomorrow when we go to work?
3: So it really does. And, and like the emotional intelligence, the EQI model with the 15 things, one of those and the most powerful one really, I think, is self-awareness. And it comes back to something what I just said a, a few minutes ago, too, is we talked about sitting down with someone and asking them directly what... They think about you as far as whether it's a job, in the community, what it is, because being aware of how you are, again, it's back to perception. It's not so much how you think you're being perceived, it's how people are perceiving you, Mm because you can think every day how you think it's going out there, but it's how that message is being received that matters. And so I would say your first step is really to figure out how are you being received and make sure it matches up with exactly what you think you're putting out there, because if it's not, then that... gives you the chance to sit back and say, well, I do this and think it's coming out into the world as this, but someone tells me it's coming out like this. Why? And I will tell you, I, my, my mother-in-law, um, my wife and my mother-in-law, I knew my mother-in-law before I knew my wife back when, uh, and uh, I was set up or framed, I say, with my wife, but no great, married <laughs> over twenty seven years listening in the she 's listening yes, <laughs> and uh, having a great time but um but she she said to me sometime one time, and she said uh, covered with me and said something about being uh arrogant, and I did never consider myself arrogant now i 'm highly confident, but never arrogant, but that that word made me stop and realize, well what i 'm doing and putting out in the world isn't being self confidence; it's coming across as arrogance. Well, that made me start to realize why am I coming across that way? And I started to change the way I put myself out there. And that's the type of thing people have to do. You have to get that. It's back to feedback. You just mentioned feedback before. You have to get some of that feedback because you can think you've got this plan and you're doing all the things you should be doing. But if it's not getting you to where you need to go, then there's a problem. Uh, So tomorrow, I would say the first thing people have to do is get some of that feedback and realize is it matching what you're expecting?
2: Yeah, getting feedback, being curious, you know asking for asking the questions could be journaling you know reflecting i think we don't stop and reflect very often so i mean you know we talked about journaling last week you know just writing down when i did this i felt this i think that person i mean just reflecting on what's going on and observing what's going on around you can give you a lot of information just right from your own environment hey mona great question thank you for giving us a call and thank you for recycling we appreciate that (laughs) katie in georgia welcome to career talk what's on your mind today katie
0: Hi. I had a question about resumes. I'm in the process of writing mine. And I heard you mention earlier, um, your guest said, you know, you really need to try to create a quick short story um, about, you know, what you're going to bring to the organization from a value add perspective. And then, Don, you responded with, yeah, but works like strategic and results oriented are kind of played out. Yep. So, so, my question is how do you create a quick, powerful story without using verbiage that's transferable across industries? Yep. So that in the six seconds that someone's reading your resume, they get it.
2: Go ahead, Paul.
3: So I think, again, back to looking at the job you're applying for, because, again, you're, you should be crafting a, a resume for each of the opportunities you're trying to go after, because they are very different. Uh, and is looking at those top requirements. What are they really looking for? And telling a story about how you can help them meet those requirements. That's You have to pull back from all of the stuff in your history and say, geez, if I'm supposed to be planning and analyzing and developing charts and graphs, Go back and look at how in the world have you done that before and tell the story of how you've done that. But more so than just what you've done. So you don't want to just be a list of tasks. You want to say by doing this, you helped something happen. It's either save money, make money, uh, improve processes or efficiencies, how you translated that into a result. And it's always results driven. So rather than task lists, resumes should be about results.
2: Yeah. And I would say um, my, my general go-to is don't tell show. And so if you're writing a word like creative or strategic or results oriented, and that's how you, you define yourself, you will have concrete examples of how those things play out in your day to day. So if, if you're creative, you, know, you, you give a bullet point about some creative idea you had that led to an outcome, as Paul mentioned, led to some kind of result. If you say you're strategic, you give an example of a, an opportunity you had at work to be strategic and how it impacted the company. And yeah, most results come down to making money or saving money. But mm-hmm. there are so many things that fit under that umbrella that include you know reducing risk or reducing turnover or you know saving a client or getting a new client or getting a positive response from a client and so everything you do in an organization has an impact on that bottom line or you would not get a paycheck period Correct. so it's <laughs> so. down
3: to the value we pay you for value and if you're not offering that value Yeah, it's going to be gone.
2: So it is really about stepping away and saying, if I didn't do my job, what is that thing that wouldn't happen? And that often points directly to your result. And that's what people want to see on LinkedIn and your resume. They want to see the evidence. They don't want to see the words. So great question, Katie. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We are here every week for you guys at 844-942-7866. And Paul, you came all the way up from North Carolina. And doesn't this hour go by quickly? It
3: sure does. But it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate the uh, great work you guys all do every week.
2: Well, we are so excited you're here, and we're so thankful you're sharing your expert advice. One more time, where can people find you after the show?
3: Uh, they can find me at com or on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by that same
2: moniker. Yes, and make sure you send a personalized note so that Paul knows you heard him on Career Talk. That's and right. if you've not gotten move your ash, no grow show your career value, you're going to want to go out and get that book. Paul, thank you so much. Michelle and Danielle, you guys rock and of course all of our callers and listeners and Dion and Jaton over there in the Arctic <laughs> up in Chicago, Safe Travel's home we are going to close out with your song Go Hard and if you want to hear more from Random Acts of Soul you can find them on YouTube you can find them on the web and all the different music channels and we're going to close out with that here on Career Talk Series XM, Channel 132 we will see you next time damn no.